Hi, I'm Dr. Susan, and welcome to this exciting Facebook event where we're talking about bioidentical hormone replacement and specifically about hormone pellet therapy, which is something I'm really excited to offer in my office at CompleteMidlifeWellnessCenter.com. I'm actually a hormone pellet patient, and I have two amazing guests here today who are also hormone pellet patients of mine. Um, and we just wanna talk through our stories with hormone pellets so you can see what you might expect when you come in to get yours. So I wanna introduce you to Kelly and also to Jay. Um, both of these ladies are a little bit younger than me. I know it's hard to believe that we're all over 45 because we look fabulous. Um, but I'm gonna be sharing my journey as a real, uh, really, really postmenopausal patient. I went through menopause about six years ago and these spring chickens have not quite gone through menopause yet, but are still benefiting from uh, what hormone pellets can offer. So um, I'm gonna talk to these beautiful ladies about their stories in just a moment. But first of all, just give you a few minutes of background about hormone pellets. And we've talked about this on some of the other shows that we've done recently. But for those of you who didn't listen into those, um, hormone pellets are one amazing way uh, to get hormones replaced into your system as you age, the ones that we've lost naturally as a result of menopause or perimenopause. So when we get older, we lose several hormones and this is just part of aging. Um, obviously we, use, we lose estrogen and progesterone, which are the two primary ovarian hormones when we go through menopause. But before that, we start losing testosterone as well. And so there's an increasing body of evidence that replacing just a small amount of testosterone for women can be really beneficial. So we'll be talking about that a lot today. And hormone pellets, uh, because they are delivered into your body by uh, a teeny tiny little incision. And these ladies will tell you about that, but tiny incision, just a few millimeters in size and the pellets placed into the soft part of your bottom they deliver an even amount of hormones similar to what nature provided rather than a, a daily uh, shock of hormone replacement that you might get with a pill or with a gel. So um, I'm gonna tell you about my story a little bit later, but I wanted to uh, talk to Kelly first. Um, so Kelly, tell us a little bit about you and you when you came to see me, you'd been on some hormones before and then you know, kind of walk through what the experience was like for you um, getting a pellet in our office. Okay, great, thank you. Um, when I was about 45, I had my sixth child. And about a year after that, I started seeing a different physician to kind of help me um, figure out why I was so tired, why I wasn't able to really perform in the gym. I knew something was going on. My diet mm -hmm. was great, my exercise was great, but I couldn't figure it out. So he ran a bunch of tests and he had given me some um, different medications, some topical creams and different things, but just really wasn't, I couldn't really tell the difference. I couldn't tell anything was happening. And I kept taking them, I kept increasing the doses, but I really couldn't tell anything was going on. Fast forward to six months ago, when a family physician friend of mine said, oh, you really need to see Dr. Susan. She's doing great things with these pellets. You need to talk to her. Sent my blood work and the rest is history. I feel terrific. Now, do you mind sharing how old you are? I'm, yeah. I'm 53. I yeah. turned 50 in February yeah. of this year. And so, you know, look how fabulous she looks. So uh, Kelly and I both work out a lot. Um, one of the things that I noticed when I went through menopause and Kelly has not been gone through menopause yet. Right. You're still making estrogen on yeah. your own. Now, uh, the average time to go through menopause is you know 50 to 52. So that's gonna happen soon. Yeah. Now in my case, I went through menopause earlier and lost my estrogen 
as well as progesterone and testosterone. And one of the main things that I noticed was as much as I worked out, I could not gain any muscle. Um, and so that was really my problem as well. Will you just show us your muscles? Wow. You got, it's just impressive. But you know, what we're talking about when we're talking about testosterone is not anabolic steroids that you, that many, uh, I've heard many people say, well, you know, isn't right. that gonna make you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and grow a beard? And no, absolutely not. This is like bio-identical testosterone, which means it's exactly the same hormone that we've produced in our bodies all of our lives. Now, men produce much more, of course, but when you go through menopause, it drops. And the main complaint that I hear from patients is they're fatter and yep. less muscle, and you can work out till the cows come home and you can't gain any muscle. And I had that same experience. Yeah, that was exactly my experience as well. I could do yeah. as many squats, walking mm -hmm. lunges. I mean, I worked out six days a week, adequate rest, cycled different days I worked out, everything I did, and I could still tell why are my thighs looking so jiggly? I mean, there's, I can't do anything else. Yeah. And then whenever we did my testosterone levels, all my other hormone levels, it was like I didn't have anything at all. Yeah. So then clearly you need something to have some amount of muscle tone that you had when you were 21, 25, 30. Yeah, and so part of this is about looking good. I mean, yeah. you know, so she looks fantastic, but there's health benefits behind yeah. that too. When we lose muscle and increase our body fat percentage, it puts us at increased risk of many diseases. Um, you know, all of us know that increased body fat puts us at risk for diabetes, heart disease, and some of us might not know also breast cancer. And then the more muscle we have, the more calories we burn at rest. Mm -hmm. So it keeps us thinner, which improves our health. And then it just feels good to be strong. I, I don't want to live the last 20 years of my life in a wheelchair with a hip fracture because my muscles haven't been stressing my bones, which is very important for uh, bone, uh, maintaining our bone density. So there's a, a ton of health benefits from this too. Plus you get to look really good, which <laughs> doesn't hurt, right? Um, so tell me about how, what was it like getting a pellet? I have a lot of patients who are scared. They think it's gonna be painful. And uh, what was it like? Well, I was scared because I don't even like to get a shot. Yeah. I don't even like to get Botox. I'm scared of all needles, but um, it really wasn't bad at all, actually. Just, I mean, the, the incision, once you took the bandage off, I just couldn't even see where the incision was, honestly. I couldn't tell that there was anything there. The band-aid the band on it was bigger than the incision, like you couldn't tell. Yeah. And it's um, in, in your bottom. It's uh, in, your, it's in, like, in, your, in yeah. your upper bottom, and so um, it was very quick. The most prep time was the freezing and the stuff you put on to numb it. Mm -hmm. And it was in and out. We talked about um, kids starting school for five minutes. And next thing you know, I was taped up and walking out the door. Yeah. Um, it felt fine. I, my first time, I didn't know what to expect. Um, so it was kind of a little raised bump to where they put the, the liquid and the pellet goes in. So I wasn't sure. But um, then a couple of days, that was totally gone. You took the bandages off and you went about your day. It really wasn't bad. And now that I know what to expect, I'm ready to get my next one when it's time. It, yeah. it was nothing. Especially yeah. for the benefits I'm getting from it, it was really nothing. So the other way you can get testosterone, there's only two ways we can get testosterone right now. Uh, one is in pellet form and the other is a topical cream or gel. So tell me about that. So initially, after I had my sixth child and I went to, to the other physician, he said, well, I, I wanna do this, let's give you some cream. So there's all these regulations also, when you put it on your arm or your thigh, you couldn't be around anyone for 30 minutes and I have a little you child. Can't, can't touch anyone. You can't touch anything, yeah. you can't do anything. So I did it and I mm -hmm. set my timer and Initially, the dose I was doing, I'm like, I really can't tell. He's like, give it more time. So I did more time. And it wasn't that it was cheap to do it either. So I, mean, I was doing like double dose, three times the dose. Mm -hmm. And I really never got a spike or I never like, oh, I feel like I'm on something. I really couldn't tell either of my workouts at all. And so finally, he said, well, just stop taking it. You don't really need it. It's natural for it to go down. Anyway, he kind of almost gave up. 
but that's when my mm-hmm. friend referred me to you. I'm like, okay, let's write. Somebody has to know something that could help. Yeah, and, so, and that, that is an interesting comment. Um, mostly coming from male physicians or from women who haven't been through menopause yet. They say, don't worry, it's natural for it to go down. Ah, Like, yes, so, I mean, natural isn't optimal, though. I mean, we were supposed to die around now, let's face it. So living after 50 is is pretty brand new. It's only been a couple hundred years that we've even done this. So so I, if you hear that, I'm sorry, and then call Mm -hmm. me because I, it is natural for all that stuff to go down, but it's not optimal. And not only it's not about vanity and looking great, which is awesome. So maybe it's partly about that, but it's also just about being healthy because if we're going to live to be a hundred years old, how do we want to spend those last 20 years of our life? Um, And then another important benefit from testosterone is sexual function. Mm -hmm. And I think we've been chatting before this. Hers is still fine because she's not postmenopausal yet. But I'll tell you my story later, and my sex drive was just disappeared. And so, you know, that's really important to to keep that as a part of your life. I think um, if if you want to, it's not for everybody. But if you want to have an active sex life after fifty, it, it's very difficult to do that without hormone replacement. So that that's really important. And then just I tried the gel too. I'll tell mm-hmm. you before I got a pellet, and it's messy. It's impossible to remember. You can't touch anyone, like she said. Depending on you know your workout routine or what the temperature is outside, you you absorb a different amount every day. So it's just not giving you a sustained uh, low level, uh, which is the same for you know months at a time. And what we're trying to do with hormone replacement is simulate nature, where you are producing just a sustained small amount every time, not this like massive dose once a day, which gives you this kind of blood level. It's not physiologic. So, so far, uh, the most, uh, the most closest, the closest to nature <laughs> that we've been able to simulate um, with hormone replacement is in pellet form because you get this sustained low dose every day for months. And the pellets last in women for three to four months, depending on your activity level. If you're really athletic, closer to three months. If you're a couch potato, closer to four months. So somewhere in there. Um, so Jay had kind of a similar experience, and I'm so excited to talk to Jay because she just got her pellet two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. And yeah, so, t- yeah. so, so, and I'll share Jay, um, Jay and I have been friends for a while, and so she texted me and was like, I can't remember what your text said, I can pull it up, but it was something very positive about a week after, like, OMG, I feel great. So tell me, like, that is a really short time, yeah? Yeah. About seven, maybe 10 days for sure, I started having um, an increase in energy. And that was one of the symptoms that that I was feeling before I contacted um, Dr. Susan was low energy um, and just feeling tired all the time. Um, So I would say, so the last four or five days, um, I'm kind of bouncing up out of bed. I'm sleeping better. Um, I'm also taking progesterone at night. um, And I just have great energy level, pretty steady throughout the day. Uh, I don't crash in the afternoon um, and I haven't changed. I was eating relatively healthy before. I haven't changed anything else in my diet and um, I feel really good. Yeah, that's amazing. And so um, what was your experience like getting the pellet place? Like, um, did you have any issues or yeah, problems? So, or No, none at all. Um, there was very painless, um, just a, a tiny little prick with the, the numbing medication and then uh, the the pellet got placed in. We were chit chatting. Um, I was actually surprised how fast it was, and then um, I had a little bit of soreness the next day in the area. Um, and then once I took the bandages off, you can I can't tell. I don't actually couldn't tell you right now where the pellet is in my body. 
Yeah, that's something people ask a lot is can you feel it? Yeah, I can't feel it. Because it looks looks like a, um, yeah, I often tell people it looks like a grain of rice. That's a little exaggeration. It would be like a really big grain of rice, kind of like a, I used to have rabbits, like rabbit food. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, it's pretty small. Um, It's very small. And so patients sometimes ask if you can feel it and it's underneath your fat about um, an inch underneath. So you really can't feel it. And I can't see, I've had several now and I can't even see the incision. It just disappears, it's like a little dot. So um, we put it so that it would be under your thong if you wanted to wear a thong and no one would see it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but uh, no one would see it anyway. So um, both of these young ladies, um, as I mentioned, are not postmenopausal yet. And I know I've chatted with both of them and, and, and sexual function wasn't really an issue yet. But what happens as we get older, and it'll happen, I'm so sorry, it'll happen to you too in a few years. Um, but what happened to me when my estrogen dropped, as well as the progesterone and testosterone, is um, you can start, have, you will start having vaginal dryness, um, the tissue gets thinner so that sex can be painful. And uh, when we stop ovulating, which is really what menopause is, when we stop producing eggs, something happens in our brain. And I believe it's just biology saying, well, you're not fertile anymore, so your sex drive goes away. And that is almost universal. Um, But replacing those hormones can dramatically change that. And obviously, uh, you know, libido for women, I always say is, you know, 90% from above the neck. So we have to have a, a, a good um, relationship and be connected and have a, you know, really know ourselves and do that work, which is very important. But um, underneath all of that, if our hormones are out of whack, we can be in the most fantastic relationship and be super self-aware and all of those things. And if it hurts, we're not gonna wanna do it. It's just natural. Um, So replacing these hormones before you get too far into menopause is really helpful because it's very hard to undo. We can undo it, so don't worry. We can undo it if you're already in that situation, but it's a lot easier if we don't get to that uh, point. So um, what, what what are you thinking about doing when that time comes? Well, I also, like Jay, I take progesterone at night to sleep, but I'm sure Mm -hmm. once my um, estrogen is down low enough, then there's a pellet that you can put that along with your testosterone doing something with it. Because although I like to look nice, but I'm really, I eat well, I exercise, so I intend I want to continue feeling well. So whatever that looks like is what I want to do. Yeah. So So it's important to me. So when we put this little um, introducer into your bottom, you can put testosterone and estrogen through the same little port. So for women who are postmenopausal, we put the little bit of testosterone and estrogen. And for women who are not postmenopausal yet, just just the testosterone, because before menopause, our estrogen's fine. So these ladies both had estrogen levels that were fine. But we know over time that will change. So it's important to follow up and check that at least annually. Mm-hmm. Or what often happens is sometime during the year, uh, one of you might call me and say, oh, I'm having hot flashes and night sweats, and that's a sign. Often we don't have to check estrogen because patients will just say <laughs> when their estrogen's low because yeah. you don't feel good. I had the worst hot flashes and night sweats. I would wake up soaking wet, and then you're freezing cold, and of course then you can't sleep, and so that affects your work the next day, and you, everything goes downhill when you can't sleep. And so um, estrogen's great for sleep and so is progesterone. And so we would, both of you guys mentioned taking progesterone at night. And that this is a natural hormone, as most of you know, we produce it after we ovulate. 
So as we get older, even though we're still ovulating, these, these mm -hmm. ladies are still ovulating, the progesterone level's not as high as it used to be. And then for me, I, would, I never produce any progesterone anymore because I don't ovulate at all. Uh, but how do you, what does the progesterone do for you? Um, I take 150 milligrams every night, about an hour before I go to bed, and it, mm -hmm. it, you can't, it's not something hits you when you fall right asleep, but once I'm asleep, I meditate, and I go to sleep that way, and I stay asleep all night, probably till about 5.30 in the morning, and that's when I would naturally be getting up. I usually always get about eight hours of sleep. Before that, maybe I would wake up at midnight, maybe again at 2.30, even if it was just for a few seconds, but then to rustle back around and look at the clock and panic that I woke up, yeah. then it's really disruptive mentally. Even if I could go back to sleep on my own, it was very difficult. Progesterone just allows me to sleep all the way through the night. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. A, it's a really great natural sleep aid. Did you notice that, Jay, with progesterone? Yeah, I've been taking melatonin for a couple of years, and then when I added the progesterone, it just felt more like a slower, natural way to fall asleep. Um, and then I woke up less. Um, I'd sleep solidly through the night, like seven, eight hours. Um, yeah. Kind of that's that a, sleep where I don't wake up, like where I don't move. It's great. <laughs> yeah, and it is amazing to have that effect from something that we've made all of our lives. Mm -hmm. And it, it, when it slowly goes away in our 40s, I personally didn't notice, it didn't happen overnight. It was just all, I couldn't sleep as well. And insomnia was my number one complaint. And it, it's interesting because the particular pattern of insomnia that we see in perimenopause is very similar to the pattern that we see with depression. And so unfortunately, a lot of times perimenopausal insomnia is, in my opinion, mistreated with uh, antidepressants. And, and for, for sure, some people need to take antidepressants, don't get me wrong, but if, you're ha if you have insomnia and you're in your mid-40s and you don't particularly feel depressed, uh, think about maybe progesterone instead of an antidepressant because there's so many side effects and you know, they're very difficult to get off and they may or may not even help you sleep and then have a lot of other side effects. So uh, for me, my progesterone works so well that I have to take it at about seven o'clock at night mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'll feel sleepy in the morning. Um, so we can adjust the dose, don't worry, to make sure that it doesn't make you too sleepy. But that's just sort of a funny thing for me to be too sleepy because I've had, I mean, a decade of insomnia. So now my complaint is I'm too sleepy. I'll take it. I can sleep. I sleep for, you know, eight hours. Sometimes I sleep for 10 hours in the weekend. It's so nice, like, to get a really good sleep. And then you wake up. I look younger when I've slept. Do you notice that? Like, yeah. I look in the mirror and, like, Holy cow, I look healthy. Well, I don't know all the thousands of studies, even recently mm -hmm. that have come out, that are all about sleep. Sleep is linked to everything that we do, say, eat, mm -hmm. breathe, disease. Yeah. So if you're not getting that, how can you function with anything else? It's, it's so important to me. I, my, my kids get sleep, I get sleep. It's very important. Well, I do years, I mean, I delivered babies. I had my whole life, I've never slept. Mm -hmm. And so now I can sleep. It's like, wow. And um, Jay, I, do you mind sharing? Do you mind if I share what you do for a living? Sure, go ahead. Yeah. So Jay's a psychiatrist. So you know what you know about sleep and the effect on the brain, right? So or a prolonged a prolonged lack of sleep used to be used as a torture agent. It's it's terrible for you. Yeah. So yeah. what happens to people um, who don't so sleep? When you don't sleep, you have an increase in depression, anxiety, um, you can develop psychosis, um, other mood disorders, mania. So it's very important for your overall um, functioning. Yeah, I mean, I think I had all of those things. <laughs> like, 
I really thought I was going crazy when you don't sleep. I couldn't remember. I've, I think I've told you guys the story when I was like 46 and I wasn't treated yet with hormones. Um, and I couldn't remember my own phone number when somebody asked me my phone number. I mean, it was only for a few seconds, but it felt like forever. And it's so scary. Um, I mean, I thought I had a brain tumor or Alzheimer's disease or no, I just had progesterone deficiency. <laughs> so <laughs> I took that and I feel better. So, uh, so we take progesterone at night. So it's not in the pellet. Um, so you would not want progesterone in your pellet or you would be sleepy all day. Uh, so that, that is a on purpose type of a thing. The other thing about progesterone is it's a larger molecule than estrogen and testosterone. So when we give t uh, progesterone in the form of a cream or when people have tried it in a pellet, it doesn't absorb as well and you're sleepy. So that is something that we give by mouth. But uh, there's tons of data that giving estrogen by mouth is not a good idea. So if you're on estrogen and you're taking it by mouth, I would suggest you rethink that because it goes through your liver. And in doing that, it first, not only does it get metabolized into the bunch of things that don't work, but it also is, is pretty tough on your liver. And your liver makes all kinds of amazing things, including clotting factors. So one of the things that many of us have heard is that estrogen inc increases the risk of blood clot, heart disease, and stroke. And that is not the case with um, non-aural bioidentical estrogen. So it, what's, what's very mm -hmm. exciting is that um, all of this stuff that most of us heard in 2002 about the risks of hormone replacement are not the case with um, bioidentical hormones delivered in this manner. Because the studies that were done earlier were done on um, different products that were not bioidentical, meaning they weren't the same as human hormones, and they were given by mouth. So this is a totally different animal. Um, and so, uh, you know, my main goal as a physician is not to do harm. I would never give anyone something that was uh, harmful, and I take it myself. So um, with very few exceptions, uh, hormone pellets are safe for the great majority of women. And of course, when you come in and, and talk to me, we go through all of those things and make sure that it is a safe option for you. Um, but, you know, again, the main, so let's go kind of go through some of the things that happen as you get older. Um, some of our younger listeners might not know what to expect. And the funny thing is I was a gynecologist. I was surprised when all this happened to me I sort of thought it wouldn't happen. I don't know. I thought I'd be the only person who never went through menopause because I was an athlete and I was doing Ironman triathlons and all this stuff. And then just got hit like a door in my face, like, oh, everything changed. So you haven't quite got to that point yet, but tell, tell us kind of what, what the change felt like for you as you, you know, approached 50. Well, and, and, and I think that I had, um, it had a lot to do with all my childbirthing years. Yeah. I could really yeah. tell a difference. And I really stayed up with what my hormones were like and, and all of those things during that time. But as I turned 40, before I had my sixth child, I, I started recognizing some things. Like maybe I wasn't sleeping as well, but I blew it off as I was just tired. I've got kids and you're just exhausted from having yeah. kids. And then by the time I had my sixth child in 2015, and I, I let it go for a year, like I figured my body has to get back. All the things I did to have the baby, you know, it was rough that, We'll see. So at 46, I could really tell I wasn't sleeping well. 
I couldn't get motivated in the gym. I would still be going, but it wasn't motivating. I wasn't, my muscle was not staying like it always used to stay. No matter what, how much I was lifting, I couldn't lift as much. Mm -hmm. I felt like I had joint, my, my wrist would hurt more. I had this low back hip pain, all these different things. All of a sudden I felt like I was 80 and I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm like still super active and young. Yeah. Like this can't be happening, you know? So I just noticed a lot of things like that. And more than anything, my sleep, not getting back to what it was and then me recognizing even just one week of sleep. I can't imagine being an OB and never getting sleep because you guys never sleep. I mean, one week I was cranky and I was like, something has to give. And I took melatonin also for quite a while. And then I'm like, hey, well, now I'm getting so used to it. I have to keep taking more and more and more of it. And that's really whenever um, they referred me to the other physician. And now that progesterone is a lifesaver to really help me. And now the testosterone pellet, like I wish I would have done it last year, but I'm just happy I have it now. Because I feel like a new person. Like I've got energy. When I go to sleep, I go to sleep. When I wake yeah. up, I wake up. You know, it's something awesome. you said reminded me about the mood swings. Yeah. I don't know if Jay, if you had that, but when you, when I, I don't know if the mood swings were from hormone imbalance or from insomnia or, or a combination, but um, that is a family problem. My kids will tell you that, uh, you know, it's scary to have those kind of mood swings where, where you, um, I mean, I would have outbursts and then have to apologize the next day, which is a terrible feeling. And then it affects other people. I mean, so, you, yeah. you know, this isn't selfish. You want to feel good yourself, but, um, you know, this is all about relationships too, keeping our sexual function healthy and then just being a nice person because I've had some bad days yeah. in there. I'm much more stable and progesterone has been shown to improve mood stability. So Jay can talk to that, I'm, I'm sure, because she works with patients who don't have mood stability. Um. <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of people um, who are in the perimenopausal or post or in menopause, postmenopause, um, who've never had their hormones checked. Um, and they do t tend to have um, mood imbalances, mood swings, a lot of anxiety. Um, what, what brought me to getting my uh, testosterone levels checked and my estrogen levels checked was really combination of lower energy, um, weight gain, despite eating the same and exercising the same and it kind of like in my abdominal area um, and feeling like sweaty and hot and irritable all the time. So mm. some of those are symptoms of depression, but I didn't feel depressed. Um, so I, I was like, well, I'm just going to go get this checked. And then when I checked, my, my estrogen levels were okay. My testosterone levels were uh, very low. Um, and then that's when I called Susan. I was like, surely we can do something about this. Yeah, well, I'm really glad that you didn't start on an antidepressant because, as you know, that would have helped one thing and created five other things unless you have true depression. So I, obviously that's a, those are great drugs for people with depression, but um, that is a really interesting phenomenon that a lot of these symptoms are very much like depression. And so it's so frequent that patients will present to um, a physician who maybe isn't doesn't have hormones at the front of their mind, and they'll hear these symptoms and naturally will react to it by prescribing an antidepressant. So be careful about that, because I, I don't want anyone to get on antidepressants who doesn't need to be, and that's not going to fix a hormonal problem. It will fix something else, but not that, and so you'll still have your hormone issues. Um, so yeah, our relationships are really important, and we want to be uh, nice people and take care of the people around us as well as take care of ourselves as we get older. So um, hormone pellets are a great option. Um, I hope you've enjoyed hearing a little bit about them today. I have one in my bottom. I just got mine replaced on Thursday and I'm very excited about it. Um, I feel 
great. Honestly, I feel better than I did 10 years ago, which is pretty amazing. Um, and I plan to live a long time and to be healthy. And we, we know that uh, this type of hormone replacement actually reduces the risk of several really important diseases, including Alzheimer's disease, colon cancer, uh, bone loss, including you know, hip fracture. That's uh, one of the worst things that can happen to us as we get older. Um, you might not know that if you have a hip fracture, there's a 50% chance that you'll die in the next year not from the hip fracture itself, but from all of the things that happen. I mean, life just starts to go downhill when you become immobilized. So we wanna do anything we can do to prevent uh, bone loss. And the, the time to do it is now. It's really hard to do that when you're 80, but if you do it in your 40s and 50s and then ongoing, um, that will really help. And uh, I wanted to talk to uh, one, one thing about what you said, Jay, weight gain um, is so common. In fact, everybody I know, including me, gain weight in this perimenopause time. And um, typically we say, I'm not doing anything different, which is true. And that happens for several reasons. And one of them is because we're losing muscle. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, most of us know that we burn more calories at rest when we have more muscle mass. So anything we can do to hold on to our muscle mass, of course we have to exercise, but having hormone balance helps with that, prevents us from gaining weight. So if we don't do that, you know, we progressively get more and more fat and less and less muscle, and then we start breaking bones, and then we're in a wheelchair, and it's just not a good um, cycle, right? So we we can fix that now. So if you feel like you're gaining weight and getting fatter and all of these things we're talking about, you're not alone. In fact, you're in very good company, but there are things that you can do about it. So um, come see me at completemidlifewellnesscenter.com or you can email me, drsusan at drsusan.com. And ladies, do you have anything else you would like to share about anything? If you wanna look like these beautiful ladies. <laughs> I think it's important yeah. I think it's important to get checked. Don't make yes. the assumption like you said that you're depressed or you have other things going on. Get mm -hmm. checked, it's very simple, it's a blood test. It's black and white, there is no mm -hmm. question. And then at least you know. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Oh, and I'll add to that too. With all due respect to um, all of my amazing colleagues in OBGYN out there, I did not know about this until a few years ago. So it's very possible that your doctor doesn't know about it either. And um, one thing that is true is if you don't know about something, often you will be opposed to it because you don't have knowledge. So if your doctor has some opposition to hormone pellets or bioidentical hormones, I, I would just put out there, it's probably just because they haven't learned about it, which is perfectly, Average, most people don't learn about it. Just find someone who does know about it um, and don't take no for an answer. If you feel like it's something that could help you, you just have to find the right person, exactly. right? And Jay, do you have anything to add? I mean, as an expert in your field, um, it's so important to feel good. Yeah, and it's so important. And, and I, I will say, I feel so good right now that my plan is to stay on the testosterone pellets and the progesterone until I need estrogen and then just to continue that way. So I'm um, in this for the long haul um, and I yeah. feel great. And you can be, and uh, because there's no evidence that you need to get off of it at any certain point, unless, you know, something happens that we don't, you know, something unexpected happens, you can stay on this throughout your life. So thank you so much for joining me, ladies. It's wonderful to see you and sharing your stories with our listeners. Um, and hopefully we can inspire some women our age to uh, not give up 
and that you deserve to feel good and you can. So don't give up on yourself, take care of yourself. And um, I look forward to seeing you soon.